crippling thoughts and dramatic mysteries, wonderful worlds of fantasy, denying love of the heart that beats within your chest, or is it just your imagination? Let's dive into a world of novels as we read books from all over, from writing and reading reviews to interviews, one-on-one sessions, and honest writing opinions. Let's keep it real on Mystical Mode. Hey guys, Mystic here, and welcome to another episode of Mystical Mode, where I give you guys my best opinions and hopefully you won't kill me for them later. Today, we are reviewing a very interesting novel by the name of Volume 1 of the 7th Smirk series, Knights of the Trinity, written by L.B. Lyon. Now, this story has a lot of cool factors in it that I absolutely adore and love, not to mention that illustrations are just so well detailed and just phenomenal, and you guys will see right if you read the story. Now, this story is not on a kit, it is being sold on Amazon. I still recommend you guys reading it because it's such a fascinating story, and not to mention, it makes it for a very easy read. There's not that many details portraying in with the setting itself, as it is more, how would you say, it's more illustration imagery based. It gives you characters and they're using their dialogues and it represents pictures with each dialogue piece and so much more. You guys will see more of this if you download the story or buy it up on Amazon, which I hopefully recommend, which you guys will hopefully do in the future. But other than that, you won't get the true essence from it unless you actually see the story. Hence why I recommend buying it or just downloading it or whatever you can find it. Aside from that, I truly like this story and it's a very interesting read. But enough about that, we will show you why it's an interesting read as we will be reading the prologue. This audio was also voiced by Righteous Reaper, Nicole Freed, and Haley Shalane. Sorry if I said any of your names incorrectly as I was introducing you guys. Oh, and also including myself. These characters were voiced and acted by us, and so much more. Thank you guys so much for your awesome work and dedication. But enough about that, let's get into this more mystical mode. In the darkness of night, few things could be darker. The sky covered the earth in a thick blanket of gloom. Two figures stood, one next to the other posturing cloaked and hooded garments which competed with the murkiness of the night for attention. Their eyes stretched over their desolate land. It was overrun by dead brush. The hanging limbs of tree branches swayed violently, slapping them in the face as they continued their march forward. The wind howled, a biting chill, determined to punish the dark souls for lingering where they did not belong. Even the sky appeared cursed one sole star engulfed by the shadows of darkness. The celestial body would act as their guide, leading them, tormenting them. Yet fear and anguish were not foreign to these lowly beings. They welcomed the terrors of the night. Damnation marked them, wretched souls who revealed in mischief and mayhem. One began to pace, uneasy with anticipation. Can you stop? The unmoving companion requested. The meta-anthropoid is belated. His presence overdue. The other figure muttered, What? It is past the witching hour. I 
expected better from the inaugurator of this devious machination. Your constant jittering won't make him come any faster, one-eye. The other said in a menacing tone. Keen observation, nefarious figure. I am an assuredly exceptional being, unbeknown to the likes of your genus. Allow me to demonstrate. Removing the hooded cloak which concealed it, illuminating the violet splendor of his aura, a celestial being born from the universe itself, a glowing brilliance, a godly sight not meant for the eyes of a man, a singular orb centered in the middle of his arrow-like cranium, a cycloptic gaze, yellow iris, red pupil. His companion was not impressed, becoming increasingly impatient with how much his adversary seemed to be so impressed with himself. He could no longer resist the urge to respond in kind. You are peculiar, little one, but I have seen stranger things than alien princes. I have existed since the Great Division years ago, before planets and stars. The mysterious figure exploded while removing his hood. The prince gazed in amazement. Behold, we are legion, was a being from the spirit world, a world long forgotten by the alien lord. The figure was the very definition of evil itself, the color of midnight, jet black slender yet firm frame, covered in ancient markings and spells, no doubt from the depths of where it came from, but the worst grew inside of it. Six heads, six faces, six damned souls encased and trapped inside a seemingly otherwise fragile frame. Serrated teeth protruding out of each one, chopping, biting, howling, moving. A devilish sight, some great spells held these creatures at bay, giving their master power. A chill ran up the spine of the alien prince. Although he would never admit to his terror, the look of disgust was telling enough to bring a sly grin on the ancient demon's face. The prince was so distracted by the ill sight it did not notice that the gyrating branches of crooked trees had come to a halted salute. A portal from another realm had been opened. The guest of honor had arrived. Patience is virtue, but of course, I won't expect savages like you to understand that. His voice was forbidding, thundering, even it did not deter the two who had waited a long time for him. Late in the hour, this Magellan decides to arrive, yet he affronts us. I should convoke my horde to rip out your throats and feast on your flesh. Ah, uh, I see you understand the language, Cretus. Impressive. The intelligence of your race was not exaggerated. But I need you and your millions of soldiers for their legendary savagery, not for their mastery of the common tongue. Remember your presence here is because I will it. If you threaten me again, we will see how well you speak with your head sliced from your shoulders. The mysterious figure glared hard at the prince of the Tarkard. Never forget that it was I who gave you your race and a second chance at survival. Kratos' royal velvet glow began to morph heated crimson as he battled with fury to nod in the submission of his full compliance. He knew better than to allow his rage to show. It was a more of a risk to his kind, especially with them being nearer to extinction. Allegiance was his for now. It was a far more reasonable course to take than to display his disgust and be doomed to inevitable destruction. 
Legion stood by, letting out a chuckle, an audience to his witless banter, wondering how much more time they could waste at odds. While he was off his guard and entertained by the amusing scene playing out before him, one of his demons confined within, attempted to make an escape nearly emancipated before Legion grabbed hold and forcefully thrust him back inside. The moment of merriment was quickly depleted, replaced by the exasperation of betrayal. Disgusting, the reaper spat, turning to look at Legion disappointingly. You seem to be losing control of them. My children are hungry. They need to eat. Don't worry about them. Legion said as all six faces pulled away from his body, giving it a, a grotesque shape. They belong to me and are mine to control. The faces hissed and quickly snapped back into the demon's body. The reaper looked on it in contempt. Now let's get down to business, the reaper said. Cla hey guys, Mystic here. Help support the podcast with monthly donations. Reviewing novels is a highlight of my life, and I adore all of your novels and comments. Help us keep the podcast alive and to help pay our wonderful team of editors and voice actors. Till next time, catch you guys later. Clasping his hands together with his skith, two with him turned to him with the most rapt attention. After many centuries of patiently waiting, the realm of men is finally about to fall. The seven spark has been lit for the ten realms, only planets Eon and Thorton remain protected. That was until yesterday. Atrocities from a civil war in Thornton have wrought the lighting of the seventh spark for their realm. Now only planet Eon remains. He paused and stared at the two in front of them. That is where you two come into play. Legion decided to ask what they both were thinking. What is a spark and why are seven of them so important? The reaper wasted no time explaining. A spark is exactly what it means, an igniting of something that spreads and soon it becomes difficult to contain. The sparks, in this case, represent sin, not just any sin, a major undertaking of evil that spreads and infects life, changing the way humans live forever. The everlasting protects the fall of men for these six catastrophes, but once there is a seventh, well, anything goes. The two nodded understandingly. Legion, you will go to Thornton to prepare the planet for Cretus and the Horde's invasion. Bring the chaos, fear, and pain your legendary for. The men on this planet are in the middle of a civil war. They are dripping with sin. This should be easy for you. After that, you can begin wreaking havoc on Eon. As you wish. Legion replied, bowing comically, drool falling from his mouth. But what about the twelve? Won't one of them be waiting there on their thorn waiting for me? One of the precinct knights of the trinity? The everlasting chosen warriors who banished me long ago? I've heard about one of them that call themselves Demon's Bane. I am told he is not one to be terrified with. He should be a good fight for us. Oh, how I miss the blood of an angel on the edge of a mighty battle axe. Yes, the reaper said, quickly turning away to shield his turn of emotion, which had suddenly settled on his face. Do what you must, as much as it pains me, the time of the everlasting order has ended. 
The sulk in his shoulders deepened as the words he spoke began to hit home. Time for my axe to get another trophy, Legion smirked, throwing his axe into the air. Snatching it from there, Are you finished? The reaper exploded. Just do what you were told to do so we can get this over with. Aye, aye, Captain. Legion replied, a smile of mockery on his face. Oh, I know this must be hard for you, turning to the dark side. The devil's sword halted deep within the throat and became muffled as the reaper's fingers closed in around it with an iron grip, which tightened with every passing moment. His legs hung limp as his body became a heap of stones bearing down on them. He had come to the realization of what was happening. Death was a promise which he planned to fight. Even as life began to find the release of slipping away within him, the rapid pace of events caught the alien prince off guard. He rushed forward to provide aid and stop this madness. Raising his sword to attack, the blade of its weapon emblazed with heat, illuminating Cretus every step. The reaper was in a mood to be distracted while he clutched the gullet of Legion and with his free extension, he hoisted Cretus high into the air. The sword the prince gripped came crashing down with a loud thud. The prince's violent hue turned red. Its struggle for life now matched its companion. Let me make something clear to you, you lowly filths, the reaper began. I detest evil. I detest looking at your ugly faces. Darkness can never triumph over light unless it is allowed to. Remember this, and you might just get to keep your pitiful lives a while longer. I'm not destroying man. I'm saving man from themselves. Okay, for me, I truly like this story for several different reasons. One of the first reasons being that I love the illustrations incorporated with this story. The colors are bright, vibrant, and just very forth showing and just so nice. I think it's very cohesive and very well illustrated. Not to mention, I could be reading too much into it, but the colors itself, including in the dialogue and just the pictures that are represented in the story, they're just amazing. One particular picture that I would like to talk about is the Reaper picture on page 14. Now, as to why there's a Reaper and a quote for page 14 is a little bit beyond me. I am not against the idea of having it, but I feel like that would mainly go into like a glossary setting or something like that. Because just to have it in the middle of the story, I feel like it's very like... I don't know. Repeating the same, like, term is, like, really, really good because it's defining what a spark is. A spark is exactly what it means, an, an igniting of something that separates and soon it becomes difficult to control or to contain. Like, I get that. But it's just that you put it in the middle of the story, which makes it seem a little bit weird. Just my opinion. So maybe, I don't know, I would put, like, Maybe I'd put it in a glossary or I would put it in the beginning of the story to show all the main quotes and kind of explain to the readers what they're reading and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just my opinion and I just found that as a little bit of an oddball just sitting there literally just directly in the middle. But aside from that, I really love the colors that you used with the Reaper picture. Now, I don't know if you intended, intended, mm, I don't know if you tended to do it. But in all honesty, I like what you did with the colors blue and pink. Now, for me, blue and pink is more of a yin and yang type of feel, like good versus evil, 
like light versus darkness type of that scenario. And in all honesty, I don't feel like the Reaper is necessarily a bad person. And you don't portray them to be a bad person in this story, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily good either, in a sense. I feel like having a Reaper there is just like, oh, it's here to represent life and also here to represent death. Another great way that I see you representing that with your color scheme is basically for the speaking parts of the Reaper, they are literally in green, which in a sense is like new beginnings. New beginnings and so much more. That idea actually came from Righteous as she mentioned that to me while reading the story and I just like, you know what? That's a good idea. Righteous also had the amazing idea of going going and explaining the colors to me in a sense. So we all know we have the prince, right? The prince, if you guys, like I said, you guys can't physically see the story, but the prince is basically written in yellow. And yellow is kind of like he's prideful of himself. He thinks very highly of himself, which is clearly shown in like the first couple, like his like his first couple speaking pieces, as he's literally like talking down to the reaper, like saying, "You're late. That should have your flesh ripped out, and like, you know, we should feast upon you." Yada yada yada. I feel like that's very very prideful because he is a prince after all. He even like shows his form to the legion, saying, "Yo, bro." I'm better than you, like, you should bow down to me and, like, watch your mouth. But then the Legion came up and said, you know what, bro, I am better than you, I'm gonna take it up a notch. Then he revealed his form, which is way more, not simplistic, way more complicated and way more intricate than the actual prince himself. And the prince was like, mm, mm, oh dang, okay, go off. But that's another thing I like about it. All these colors that you've used in the story so far represents so much, and I like it. Not to mention the color scheme itself is very entertaining for me to watch. Like I said, guys, this is a story where you're going to actually have to see it to be able to understand it. But other than that, the colors were nice. The only problem that I have with it is that you already have the concept of highlighting these color, like highlighting the story in these colors for like speaking parts but mm, there is a couple mistakes in here that I see I don't know if this was intended or maybe an accident or something like that but as we were reading the story we kind of figured oh well these color coordinated pieces were basically of these characters which is fine but you did you messed up in the first very first beginning of this chapter and when it says, can you stop the unmoving complaining, co- the unmoving companion requested, you know, um, I personally feel like that was Allegiance part because he was telling like the eyeball guy, like, yo, chill your roll, slow your roll for a second. You're doing too much. But at the same time, you didn't highlight it in the usual pinkish purplish color that the Legion uses for its dialogue, which is kind of confusing kind of confusing um I don't know I just in my opinion I think it's kind of like a little bit mm, I feel like it was overthought of and enough time was not spent in probably color organizing this script as best as you would like it to be I really feel like it just takes away that the literal first sentence of the second page is already making like little mistakes Of course, the grammar and punctuation that you have in the story so far is really, really good. As far as I can see, there are no major mistakes. The only mistakes that I can see is with the color coordinating. 
also there's one again here in the same page page 10 it literally says late in the hour this i can't say that name decided to arrive yet he offends us says the prince and the prince would usually be highlighted in like a yellowish gold so i don't know as we were reading through it and my actors were reading through it it was kind of a little bit confusing in a way i just i don't know i didn't like it as much as it wasn't highlighted because it made it a little bit more confusing to read understand and dissect to make sure that we were getting your story right so maybe think about that for the future and stuff like that but other than that i really didn't have any complaints of this story this story was definitely one of my favorites i liked the characters i liked the well i liked the description of the characters your description of the actual setting itself just was not hitting home for me. I know you've left a lot of what they're doing and who they are to pretty much our imagination up to a certain extent. Like your descriptions of the characters have not failed in any sort of way at all. The only thing that really gets me is that the fact, I don't know, you just didn't describe settings as, as well as I hoped you would. Like, I know they're in different dimensions and different planes and stuff like that. Different worlds, realms, whatever you like to call it. But I personally feel like it just lacked in detail towards that aspect. I want to feel where we are. This is a whole different world. You're, com- you're literally creating a whole different type of scene. And I want to be able to envision and see that scene played through through this story in, like, a well way. So, I don't know. Like... Like, don't get me wrong, your descriptions with your characters were astounding. They were amazing. I liked it. All the details that you used when describing the cages on the Legion were great. But other than that, I feel like it could have been, the world itself could have been explained a little bit more. Not to also mention, this is more of, I want to say this is kind of more of a third person piece. But even in third person writing, there is a lot more description in it. If anything, I feel like there's more description sometimes in third-person writing than first-person. Well, depending on if the first person is observant or not, or second person is just a whole different ball game. but still. Maybe focus on working on that for the future. Um, but I don't know. This is kind of like your main, main copy of this story. So I really don't think you can change much about it. Maybe if you can like edit it. In a small way and still keep it out because I still think this is an amazing story. As I was talking with Righteous, we actually classified it as sci-fi. As you didn't really explain to me whether it was sci-fi or fantasy, we only classified it like that in general because it was, what am I thinking of? It was more towards a sci-fi feel. It felt too, it didn't feel abstract enough for it to be fantasy and I felt like it was more mature so that's why we classified it as fan- um, sci-fi instead of fantasy. Not saying that um, fantasy isn't mature and doesn't have some really strong themes. I just feel like this is more out of worldly strong theme towards more of a sci-fi feel as you're having alien princes and legions and demons. You know, usual things that you would see. I'm not saying you wouldn't. Usual things that you would see in fantasy, but, I don't know, this took more of a sci-fi field for us, which is not bad, it's actually really, really good, but other than that, 
I really don't have any other things to say about your story in any negative aspect. You have done good with your descriptions to a certain extent, except for setting. You have done good with characters and describing the characters up to a certain extent. I love the colors and illustrations that you have incorporated in it. I You should really give your editor like a solid high five. It's just amazing. I don't have any other I don't have any other things to say for that. But except for that it's a good story. I would recommend it. I would recommend it. And I remember Righteous saying that she would definitely buy this story if she had the time. Uh, her quote was, I would buy and read this story if I had the time and motivation. <laughs> Which is so true because we've been getting a lot of requests lately and we're really trying to hammer them out as of late, like, hammer, hammer them out. It's just been crazy. I love doing it, though. I love doing it. I love reviewing your guys' work, and I love seeing all the creative ideas you guys have within your stories. To be honest, it's really amazing to see all of your work, especially this piece right here, because for once in my life, I've never come across a story with such detail when it came to coloring. Like, we all, not coloring, illustration. I know we've all seen, like, color books and picture books and stories like Diary of a Wimpy Kid that had descriptions in them and stuff like that. But I truly think this story takes the cake. Truly takes the cake. It really makes my stick and really, it really makes my stick figures look pretty bad right now, honestly. But either way, great job with your story, LB Lion, and so much more. I congratulate you, and I also wish you well on your story itself i hope it sells i hope you become famous and so much more other than that i really don't have any other extra words to say except for good job good job and good job thank you guys all for listening to this episode and thank you to all the voice actors who helped with that story including myself because i swear to you it was a very interesting experience to actually be reading dialogue with other people very 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 fun very fun also, shout out to Righteous for the amazing ideas for this podcast episode. And also shout out to Righteous who was editing this like a madman. Oh, and also shout out to one of our new voice actors up on the podcast, Nicole Freed. Thank you so much for joining us and so much more. Until next time, guys, catch you later. I don't know about you, but I get tired of reading the same story over and over and over again. I just want to spice things up and really get out there. And I definitely have spiced up my reading list by adding The Silent Witness by author Kim. This story brings into a new light of Greek mythology, folklores, and just general legends. It is an amazing read that I highly recommend to anybody with a fantasy tooth who just can't wait to dig into new lining of life. So, with that in mind, read The Silent Witness and definitely, definitely enjoy. Link is in the bio.